Blog Talk Radio. your boy 100 grand back on demand green eggs and ham it's your boy heavy-handed jay and it's a heavy-handed edition bitch i'm the man bitch i'm the man bitch i'm the man yeah 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 man i'm back in this bitch and i got a nice one strapped for us strapped and ready y'all know how i get down already y'all know how i get down already if you rock with with me you already know what it is and um we loaded for this one so let's go okay i'm reloaded Let's do it, man. Uh, week 12 recap. <clears throat> what can I say? NFL Week 12 recap. Um, I think we last dropped in after Week 5. Like I told you, this thing's going to be spontaneous. It's going to be spontaneous. And so, you know, I'm not going to be bound by any scheduling. You know, life throws curves at you. You got to stick and move and bob and weave and you know, I would like to be on the schedule. I think most people consider that the more responsible thing to do. Well, be as that it may. Old heavy-handed Jay's not doing that. But, you know, if you rock with me, it's your boy heavy-handed. You fuck with heavy-handed, man. Nigga, when my name come up, respect it. Let's go. Stop playing with my fucking name. Y'all know what's happening. Um, yeah, so week 12 has concluded. We are going into week 13 in the NFL. And by this time of the season, the cream really has started to rise to the top. You ought to know what you're looking at. Who's who? There's some teams that are rounding off. There are some teams that are underwhelming. But, you know, let's let's get this thing going right. It's the NFL talk, so let's do that. Unexpected. Um, let, let's check in with the with the fam here. Make sure everybody's uh, where we need to be. I'm gonna call it in myself just to make sure. But yeah, man, a lot of unexpected have happened this year. You know, we got a new uh, person in contention for the NFL MVP. No one ever thought would be there, and that's Lamar Jackson. Nobody thought we'd have Lamar as a uh, MVP candidate, uh, if if not leading everything in the MVP candidacy. Um, we have some of the teams that we consider prominent going into it all. And um, they're not looking as such. Dallas, Cleveland, you know, 
those were teams that had a lot of promise. And you could even say Kansas City at 7-4. and four. You know, there's been injury to Mahomes. But, you know, there have just been some underwhelming teams this year. Then you have some teams that have looked a little better than expected. You could say the, the Green Bay Packers have looked a little better than expected. Minnesota definitely. Kirk Cousins, my guy. You know, I, I, I've taken a lot of heat over my love for old Kirk. Let me tell you, man, Kirk been balling out all year. My nigga. <laughs> yeah. You know, Kirk been balling out all season, and y'all gonna have to put some respect on this man. Nigga, when my name come up, respect it. Let's go. Stop playing with my fucking name. Yo, yo, yo. So let me take it slow, man. Why not? Damn it. Um... It's a Friday night. No, it's Saturday. <laughs> Saturday night, 825 Pacific Standard. I'm in the garage doing my thing, man. I do it because I love it. Um, it's a heavy-handed edition, man. <laughs> you know, I love I love to say that because, like I say, that, that's the new sports center. When I come in heavy, I'm heavy like. Okay, I'll reload it. Let's go, let's go. Um, but what we sipping on tonight, man, I'm not original. Like I tell all the youngsters, uh, OG told me back in the day, when you're working with that budget and you don't want to spend, you, ain't, you don't necessarily need to drink good. It's you, you get by whatever. Sky vodka, sky vodka, I'm telling you. Don't do smearing off. We in that $20 bracket, that 15 to $20 bracket. Don't do it. Don't do all that other funny stuff. That sky has never let me down. It's official, like a ref with the whistle. It's official tissue. Put some respect on Sky. Nigga, when my name come up, respect it. Let's go. Stop playing with my fucking name. So I'm doing that, and it's cooling. I'm cooling. I'm cooling, man. Um, Put in a little bit of work here for for the family that check in for me, man. I know it's a few of y'all solid that love whenever I can get down and do it for you. Man, um, you know, I know that sound be bad, but man, look, soon, soon, soon. You know, we, we were looking at alternatives as far as recording goes and how to go live. I like taking these live calls. I like when the family calls in. I like to do it like that, but um, there, there's very few avenues that offer that that as an option and that offer any type of sound quality, but know that we're working on it. Um, you can also catch me over at the Wildest Flock. On blog talk um you can google it um ig at the wildest flock you can find it anywhere uh that's where um i'm doing a page one bible study i'm doing the bible study y'all i'm taking it from the leader to the tutor um for beginners like myself who who want to ask those those questions as we go along in the bible if you don't know a lot and you you just kind of go along with what everyone else says that's what I'm doing over there. So we're taking it slow. We're able to ask some questions. It's a safe place for that. You don't have to be that smart in the Bible, you know. So that's what I'm doing over there. Come over there, man. Check all your uh, all your searches for the Wildest Flock, page one Bible study with your boy, Heavy Headed Jay. That's rocking. And I'm telling you, I'm doing it how I always do it. You know you can't expect nothing less than what I do. <laughs>
you know, and we have fun with it and we, we learn about God and all that stuff over there. We got a, a whole a whole network over there. We got a few different podcasts under the banner over there. We got um, Stick Turdy. That's uh, two ladies. They're talking about what it is to be Christian and married and what, what, what that life is. And mind you, um, our whole mission over there is to just, you know, bring everyday life to, to Christianity, man, to, to being a Christian. We ain't going to let you hold us to this high standard like we some perfect people. No, just like you, just striving to be better. Um, that's all it is, man. And we, we go from there. So come check for that over there. We got a few different shows, Married Couples Anonymous, Things Your Pastor Won't Tell You with Israel Benjamin. Um, it's rocking, man, and myself is over there. So, But here today, be on a heavy-handed edition, and I'm just cooling. I'm, I'm hollering at you. I'm spitting some rap to you, spitting rap to you, you know. Um, but we're going to get into some of this NFL talk nonetheless, man. Um, got it loaded up for you. You know, you know I don't show up unless I got it right, you know. And you know, if you rock with me, you, you already know. So that's to this, this day. To this day. To this day. I don't come in here with nothing less than real work for you. You know that. So, what do we have, y'all? We're going into week 13. Um, most would say the cream has rose to the top. We got a big game in the NFL. I believe the 130 game tomorrow. The 10 and 1 San Francisco Giants with the with the with the best defense in the league, all the studs on defense, and then you got the hot, the tremendous, the phenomenal. You know, whatever objective adjectives apply, whatever, you know, all of it applies to what Lamar Jackson has been this season in the NFL. Absolutely phenomenal. Like a video game, dude. My my best comparison or my analogous to, to what Lamar Jackson just really did with the Los Angeles Rams it was like when you're playing Madden on rookie with a creative player. And you got all his all his digits on ninety-nine. It's like you can you could run for long runs, you can gain a hundred yards running, and you can gain three hundred yards passing. It's like it's not even fun. And that's what it looked like. I think that's a fair comparison to what Lamar Jackson was doing. And at this point, man. And believe me, I was not one of those early dudes early in on Lamar Jackson. And let's get this straight about Lamar Jackson. All the statistics applied. Other than him being a black guy that could run, every statistic in college showed that he was the man. Nothing less than. We're talking about a Heisman Trophy and we're talking about another year runner-up. Both years, phenomenal. I'm talking about numbers that are off the charts. Lamar Jackson is an absolute stud, and it's about that time that he get a bird call from the heavy hand. I don't fuck with you. Oh, man, wrong one. Excuse me. Um, A rare mistake by your boy. But um, it's about that time that Lamar Jackson get that bird call, and we put some motherfucking respect on his name. Nigga, when my name come up, respect it. Let's go. Stop playing with my fucking name. Yeah. Yeah, it's that time, man. It's that time. 
You know, sometimes you get to a point, um, we've we seen it in the boxing world. And um, I, don't, I don't talk boxing here. I do all my, my, my boxing talk over on the Outsiders Boxing Podcast, where you can catch me, my man Will, and my man RC. And that's where we do our boxing. So check for the Outsiders Boxing Podcast. That's where I talk boxing. But you get to points and you get a large enough sample where you have to just understand things about certain people. And Deontay Wilder, just speaking on boxing briefly here, is one of those dudes you just have to put some respect on his motherfucking name. And like, like my man Lamar, has been proven, tried, tested, and true at this point. And you just got to put respect on their name. Deontay, you get some respect. On a heavy-handed edition. Nigga, when my name come up, respect it. Let's go. Stop playing with my fucking name. Yeah, man. But uh, it's been a slow burn there. It's been a slow burn there. Um, but yeah, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, man. I think um, the biggest game coming in the week 13 in the NFL. <laughs> you know, a big-time game. Big-time game. I think it's going to say a lot about both teams. You got the NFC West top dog, big dog this season, San Francisco 49ers at 10-1. and one. Kicking a lot of butt, man, kicking a lot of butt. And they're looking fantastic, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And they're coming in against the hottest possibly defensive team and offensive team, the Baltimore Ravens. So let's just dive right in um, to Lamar and the Ravens are probably the most unexpected team this season. Undoubtedly, right? Undoubtedly. But you can't deny the fact that that coaching staff, and kudos to that coaching staff, because obviously they've taken the time to cater the offense to what, to what, uh-oh, hold on, to what, um, to what Lamar does best. And, uh, and they just done such a fantastic job of it. Lamar has made leaps and bounds of progress, uh, unprecedented. I don't think anyone was truly ready for the, the, the type of um, progress Lamar was going to make coming into this season. And you know what they all said about him, you know. Can he really throw the ball? Is he a receiver? Is he a running back? You know, they, they, they he had all the stuff to live up to, man. And it was... It's pretty pretty tough, you know. I, I don't think it's right for Lamar to have at this point where we have to assess at this point of our assessment and the sample size that we have. Lamar pretty much having a full season under his belt at this point. This season and the back half of the second of the first season, we have to say it was laughable, you know, that people were asking, "Is he a receiver? Is he a running back?" You know, that's. That's a narrative that's been applied to black quarterbacks since the beginning of black quarterbacks. Whenever a black quarterbacks want to enter the NFL, somehow, some way, they're they're questionably a receiver or a running back. But let's give them the Kawhi laugh when it comes to when it comes to my man Lamar because he's absolutely revolutionizing the quarterback position. <laughs> Revolutionizing it, man. No question about it. No doubt about it. Um, I, I I really don't know what more to say about it. I think it's it's the culmination of what we've all been waiting for. It's the culmination of what we've all been waiting for, dude. And Lamar, 
He's not taking it easy on him. I think Lamar's having a good time. Um, he's showing just that different spirit. It's how we do things, but that's a whole another topic for another day. But Lamar's having a good time with it. And showing, and it seems like he has the most calmest resolve. Jim Harbaugh said he's the most humble yet confident dude I've ever met in my life. And Lamar's taking it in stride. And he's saying, hey, not bad for a quarterback, right? Not bad for a uh, running back. Probably not, but <laughs> not bad for a running back. You hear the question, right? <laughs> you know, the the, the, the reporter says, uh, do you think you've proven to people that you can throw the ball? And Lamar says, probably not. Not bad for a running back, though, right? Let's listen. Uh, do you think you uh, proved to people that you were throwing the ball? Probably not, but <laughs> not bad for a running back. Not bad for a running back, man. And um, like I said, man, the guy is just out, out here looking absolutely phenomenal. Um, carved up the Rams, had them looking like they never seen nothing like this before. And uh, right on time, before I start getting into it real deep, I got my man um, – the captain, the captain of the ship over there at the Outsiders Boxing Podcast. Like I told you, uh, catch us over there Wednesday nights, 7 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Central. El Capitan, um, always a welcome guest here. El Capitan, let's bring him in, Outsiders Podcast Chief. Let's bring him in. Is this really your real phone number? Lamar is doing his thing. 
you know, I still think Watson is a little better, um, but I can't hate on what Lamar's doing. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited. You know, we're usually watching the Texans games on Sunday. My old man hit me on Thursday. like, hey, man, why don't you come over and watch this uh, this San Francisco uh, Ravens game tomorrow at 12. So, you know, we're excited. Yeah. Check him out, see what he can do against the uh, defense. Yeah, man, same, same, same. I'm at Pop's house. You know, Pop's a Frisco fan. Uh, I've been out here early. I've been the guy out here early, and I told him two weeks ago, I said Baltimore going to go win the NFL championship, guaranteed. And uh, I don't know if I told y'all that, um, but I got Baltimore. Lamar, tell them who you is. Uh, Probably not, but not bad for a running back. <laughs> Hey, not bad so, for JP, running you said you jumped on it. You said you jumped on it early, and then you said two weeks ago. Uh, I think that's early. I don't know if I got okay. people here. Wait, do, do we got Super Bowl predictions? I don't know if I heard Baltimore Super Bowl yet. Tell me. I mean, I, I, you know, I think they can do it, man. I think uh, – I mean, I don't really have no predictions per se right now. You know, I'm a Texas guy. I'm just hoping these guys can pull something off. But, yeah, I see Baltimore going. I see Seattle doing their thing. I don't think New England's going to make it. We'll see. You know, we still got a little bit to go, man. I don't have no predictions. I'll wait to the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, in, in, regarding Baltimore, it, it, nobody was just on the on the train early. This guy was taken very low in the first round. I believe the last pick in the first round, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, or very close to the end of the first round, Ozzy Newsom. Uh, black GM from Baltimore took the chance on him. Now, you say took the chance on him. We're talking about a guy who was a two-time Heisman candidate, won it one time, and probably should have, and definitely should have won it the second time. Came in as a runner-up the second time. I'm talking about numbers, unparalleled numbers in NCAA football history, and you have to say they took a chance on him. Now, I, I come from, I'm old enough at the age of 37 to hearken back to Nebraska Cornhuskers when they had their great runs in the early 90s with Tommy Frazier and Lawrence Phillips and Charlie Ward. And I, I've talked about Charlie Ward on the Heavy Hand Edition. Look, go, go Google Charlie Ward. Hold on. We're going to put some words. I, I want you to take the time to go Google Charlie Ward now. If for most of us, you hear that name, you know that's the point guard for the New York Knicks. What you don't know is the guy won a national championship for the Florida Seminoles at quarterback and was a freaking All-American in tennis. Go Google Charlie Ward and let's put some respect on Charlie Ward's name. Nigga, when my name come up, respect it. Let's go. Stop playing with my fucking name. It was another time when Tommy Frazier and Lawrence Phillips won a national championship in Nebraska. And Tommy Frazier never played in the NFL. Nigga, when my name come up, respect it. Let's go. Stop playing with my fucking name. You know, and that same old bullshit continues to this day. You know, so at this point in time, man, I believe we have a a turning point. And those names you mentioned, Willa, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson. Huh. You could argue that if you're talking to top seven quarterbacks in the NFL, 
Most of them maybe got a little brother. Some brothers going on. And this is a first, you know. This is definitely a first, and I think Lamar Jackson is that revolution we've been waiting for, dude. I think he that one that 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 has it all. He's not more of a quarterback than a runner. He's not more of a running runner than a quarterback. See, Michael Vick, who most would compare compare him to, was more of a runner than a quarterback. But Lamar, I think he got the he got the complete package and he got a pretty good handle on both. So um Man, let me, let me bring in my, my favorite guy. This this is the GOAT of the game. Oh, Will, are you there, bro? Just let me check with you. Yeah, I'm still here. All right, no doubt, no doubt. I'm going to go to the GOAT of the game now. Oh, no, everybody not a journalist nerd like me. But when it comes to this, this smack talk, uh, talking these sports like this, you know, in, in the mainstream media, most people talk about Howard Stern being the god of it. But when it comes to the sports smack talk, the smack sports talk God is Jim Rome. And this is what Jim, you know, we're going to get into a little Jim, what Jim had to talk about when it comes to Lamar, what Lamar is uh, at this point coming into week 13 is his MVP candidacy. Let's talk about it. Lamar Jackson is your MVP. I know that nobody wins the MVP in November and there's still a month of football left, but Lamar Jackson is your MVP. And I say that knowing what Russell Wilson has done with Seattle. I say that knowing what Christian McCaffrey and Michael Thomas are currently doing. I know all this. Lamar Jackson is your MVP. Give him the trophy right now. They could have stopped that game in the second quarter last night and handed him the hardware right then and there. Nobody would have cared. 264 yards from scrimmage, 9 for 9 passing, 3 TDs in the first half alone. 15 of 20, five touchdowns for the game. And the game for Jackson was barely more than three quarters before he sat down and called it a night. You know, the numbers themselves, as mind-blowing as they are, they still do not do this guy justice. Because the numbers, even the final score, 45 to 6, do not capture the complete and total humiliation that Lamar Jackson just inflicted on the L.A. Rams. That's a Rams team that is proud. A Rams team that was in the Super Bowl less than 10 months ago. That same Rams team looked like they did not belong on the same field as the Ravens last night. That same Rams team looked like they didn't belong in the same sport as the Ravens last night. That's how thoroughly they were dominated and humiliated by Lamar Jackson. Jackson. They were playing the Rams for their entire season last night. They said as much coming in when they admitted it was a must-win game, and they still got carved. That's a Wade Phillips coach defense, and they had no idea what they were doing or what they were seeing. Jackson turned them inside out. They had no idea what they were doing or seeing. Eric Weddle said as much after the game, and you know how much I respect that guy. Weddle said, quote, I kid you not, I wouldn't lie to you. Half the time, I didn't know who had the ball. And so they were getting through the line, and I had to go tackle them, so it just puts a lot of pressure on you. End quote. That does put a ton of pressure on you. The kind of pressure that no team is able to stop right now. The kind of pressure that makes Aaron Donald one of the most dominant players ever, one of the most impactful players ever, 
and he was a total non-factor last night. I'm telling you, you will not find another guy who prepares like Eric Weddle. And even he admits he and they were completely fooled by Jackson and the Ravens. Five TD passes in just over three quarters and throwing from every arm slot you can imagine and some that you can't. And that doesn't even include his nearly 100 yards of rushing. I mean, that is a comical performance. It's absurd. It's stupid. Whatever you want to call it. It was that and much, much more. Hey, it's Madden on Rookie, dude. It's Madden on Rookie, and you got your player stats at 99. Um, Sean McVay, the Rams, um, Wade Phillips, these are supposed to be really smart guys over here in Los Angeles with a good defense. Now, you can say what you want about the offense, but Aaron Donald, all those boys, Jalen Ramsey, Wade Phillips, defensive coordinator, these guys are supposed to be pretty good, and they had plenty of time to prep for Lamar Jackson. And guess what? They look well. Well, well, regular, regular, regular. Lamar Jackson is something athletes have never seen on the football field, man. And uh, throwing a football and running a football. Uh, do you think you uh, improved people that you were throwing the ball? Probably not, but <laughs> not bad for a running back. Hey, man, but there's going to be haters. There's going to be haters. There's going to be haters, and that's the scary part. And and, and that's kind of what I want to get on now. There's a guard to hold here. There's, you know, an old guard that's being debunked, you know. A guy with this type of athleticism and running the ball this much, if this proves to be a success, there's a, a, a narrative that's debunked and that has been the guard for throughout the decades, throughout the lineage of the NFL. You know, there, there was once a time not that long ago, well, you don't even want your quarterback to be athletic. You just want them to take three- and seven-step drops. Let's get into a little of that, man. Hold on. Said, let's get back to work really quickly. There are certain things that we're done talking about. Like we're done talking about the dopes who wanted Jackson to play running back or wide receiver. The dopes that said that he could never sling it from the pocket. Those dopes, many of whom are paid good money to assess NFL talent. Those dopes... Or like people who believe that the earth is flat, straight clueless, and centuries behind the times. But there are a couple of other groups that I do want to address here. The ones, for instance, that are still clinging to this notion that Jackson is a fad and that the NFL will figure him out next season and then this will be over. Yet doubt that. And if the league does, he'll probably just adjust back. He's only 22. He's barely started more than a full season of football in the NFL. But even if it is a one-hit wonder, although after the second half of last season and 11 games of this year, that one-hit wonder is getting pretty long, right? But even if it is a one-hit wonder, what do you care? Why not just enjoy this? Why not? Why not roll with this and enjoy it because we've never seen anything like it? Why do some of you want this guy to fail so badly? After that first half, there was no reason to even watch that game. No reason to keep that game on, but everybody who likes football did because Lamar Jackson gave you a reason. He's in that Patrick Mahomes, 
Aaron Rodgers territory now. Where you got to watch the guy every single week because there's a good chance that you're going to see something you have never seen before. And then, then there's that worst branch. The worst branch of people who not only want this guy to fail, they can't wait for him to get hurt. This special brand of loser who already has his, see, I told you so. I told you a guy like that could never last in the NFL. Tweets already saved in their draft folder. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Take a good look in the mirror on that one because you're practically rooting for this guy to get hurt. And that's about the worst thing that you can do. Look, I'm not saying you've got to pull for him. I'm not saying you have to love this guy, although anybody who comes in contact with him does. I'm not saying you have to root for him. You don't. But don't root for the guy to fail, or don't root for the guy even worse to get hurt. It just makes you look bad, not him. It's- Willa, I'm going to bring you in, bro. What you think about it, man? I mean, is, is there a, a sect of people out there that want to see him hurt? Um, what what do you think about what you, what all you just heard? Yeah, man, most definitely there's people out there that want to see that want to see him fail. You know, not you know for the for the biggest point that he's a young black man doing this thing out there and he's doing it you know irregular. You know, he's played a regular song, but this is irregular. So he he isn't like Mahomes. You know, people ain't really hating on Mahomes like they are, even though, you know, he's a, a mixed kid out there doing his thing. They're hating on Lamar Jackson out there, Jet Black, doing his thing, dancing, uh, doing the gallop after every uh, after every touchdown. You know, if he don't break if he don't break for a touchdown, he's banging on his head. You know, people don't want to see that, man. Uh, you know, I'm a guy that at first, you know, you've got to prove it to me. So, you know, I don't want to see him get hurt. Uh, last year in the playoffs, he stunk it up pretty badly. But, you know, that was him coming, you know, only playing a couple of games. I want to see what he can do. So, you know, some would consider – I find myself in that in that area of he's still got to show me something. What he's doing is amazing out there. Um, but he's still got to do it in the offs. And, then, you know, just like, just like James Harden, you know what I'm saying? Until he does it in the offs, it doesn't really count, and it doesn't. So – he still got to prove that he can throw the ball a little better. You know, when he's out there throwing to me, that's why I think Watson is a little better than him because I think Watson is, 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 a, is a better passer. He isn't as fast, but Watson can move. Not as good, but Watson can move. Watson, Watson is a guy who could do, do both things also, but he chooses to sit around there and try, to, and try to pass the ball, which is to his detriment a lot of the times. But he can throw the ball. When it comes to Lamar, he can throw the ball, but – his offense it's not gimmicky but it's fit to round him that these he's throwing a lot of guys they're coming way across the field they're wide open he's throwing a lot you know it's not the best passing that we've seen so until he gets to the playoffs or maybe this week maybe this uh tomorrow he'll be able to show me that against a stout d that can sort of stop the run and he has to sit back there and make some decisions with his feet or his arm you know and it's not just throwing underneath a guy coming from one side of the field all the way to the other because he's got 15 minutes because he done did three play fakes. He's got to show me a little more. I'm not a hater of him at all, but you still got to, after just, what is this? Let's say he's played, what week is this? They're uh, eight and two, right? So this is week 10. And And they got the number one defense. Hold on. Yeah, they they do have the number one defense. They're nine and two. They're, they're, so they're playing 
You know, the big game this weekend is uh, the 49ers at 10-1 versus Baltimore. Right, that's what I'm saying. So maybe this week they'll be able to prove to me that against a stout defense that can stop the run, that he'll be able to throw the ball. Because when, remember, when he got into the playoffs, they were sort of doing this last year in the regular season, slashing through everybody, shining, now, you know running around, doing England, this thing. Right? They, they whooped New England and they whooped Seattle. New England, we, uh, New England ain't really showing that. That ain't it. Seattle, they whooped them. That's a good game. That's a good game. So he just got to show me. And know? the Rams. Uh, I'm not. Rams, Rams ain't. Rams is trash, sort of. You know, Rams ain't really doing nothing out there this year. But he's wrecking. And, that, you know, I'm not denying that. And I don't want – I want to see him wreck. But he's still got to show me just a little, a little more. I'm not sold that he's – I'm not 100% sold on him. I'm 90% sold on him. And I think t- tomorrow at 12 o'clock Central, my time, that it will be a good chance for him to prove to guys like me who want to see him wreck but want to see him doing a little more – throwing a little better, you know, throwing the ball because throwing it to receivers in a in a small window, not guys that are wide open or just jump balls, you know. That's what he's throwing. He's throwing a lot of jump balls or he's throwing it to guys that are wide open. But the reason they're wide open is because they can't stop the run, and he's part of that. So that's maybe that's what he's, he'll be able to do for the rest of his career. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he's that good, but he's just got to show he's just got to show it to me a little more. But I don't. I'm not a hater of him. I want to see him shine. I think he's the MVP. I think he's wrecking the scene. Uh, but I I understand what Jim Rome's saying. Guys don't want to see him get hurt. I don't want to see him get hurt. I I want to see him shine. I want to see him take that next step. And I still think to win the Super Bowl, he's got to take that next step. But when I say that again, I'm thinking that you know if they can't stop Ingram, if you can't stop Ingram then you can't stop him running, then it doesn't really matter what the hell's going on. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see when it comes to it. But tomorrow I think is a big step for him to see what he's got. We'll see if these 49ers are the real deal or not. If he goes and wrecks the 49ers like he's been doing the last couple of weeks, puts 30, 40 points up on them, then, you know, he might be the real deal. I mean, man, I, I, I truly believe that this is the culmination we've all been waiting for. I mean, Theoretically, when it comes to black quarterbacks, we've all been waiting for this guy that can just throw and run equally, right? That that's been what we've been waiting for. And, and some guys have have been high on have been more higher on one side than the other. Even a guy who's you know arguably a legend already, like Deshaun Watson, even just for what he's done in college to me, is still more of a passing pocket quarterback than a runner. I mean, Deshaun can get out there and, and um, you know, he can stretch out pretty good. But Deshaun, to me, much looks much more comfortable in the pocket. To me, to me he, he, he just doesn't have that coordination of a runner. Lamar is that, is that rare combination. Colin Kaepernick, Michael Vick, far more a runner than a thrower. Uh, Lamar, I think the the, the, the closest combination uh, of what we have when it comes to what a thrower combined with a runner is right now, um, ability to break down defense and a combining a trickery, like Eric Weddle was saying, like Jim Rome said, you know, they just didn't know what to do. Now, me being a dude who played some high school ball and being on the defensive side of the ball, 
you hate when they got a wishbone back there, a split, split back, and, and they doing all this trickery with the ball. Man, that's the toughest thing in the world to guard because you don't got a lot of time to look at shit. Your job is to react for the most part. You're taught to react. And then now you have to think. And then now the offensive scheme is drawn up to to run and to uh, uh, deceptive um, direction. And then all of a sudden the dude's passing and we got three, three tight end sets where we have these big blocking sets, but these dudes is running for passes and he's hitting them. The dude was nine for nine in the first half with three touchdowns, you know? So it's a lot going into this, man. Um, Lamar's success, his success means a lot to uh, both narratives. To the narrative that it would be more negative, um, hey, pocket quarterback is always going to be the best. You know, that's something that's existed thus far. Some have come close to testing that. Cam Newton, uh, Michael Vick. But it's still in the end, you'd, you'd have to say, give me my old uh, my old Drew Brees. You know, give, give me that. But Lamar, our most recent attempt at debunking that understanding. But, you know, it's going to come with some hate. It's going to come with some hate. So we got to do it. You black bastards. Stay. I hate your black skin. I hate your black pants. I hate black pepper. Yeah. So it'll, it'll take some time, man. Take some time. But uh, a lot remains to be seen. And like Willis said, I think we'll learn a lot here. Come tomorrow when they play the San Francisco 49ers. We're, this should be the definite step, whether or not Lamar is the real deal. Um, another hey, big, let me, big, go ahead. Let me put just one thing. When it comes to this boy, Jason Watson, um, I don't think you really, uh, I think you're underplaying what he can do. Um, I think he is mentally trying to stay in that pocket and to prove people wrong that he could be a passer. He can run the rock when he runs the ball is he's not as fast as Lamar Jackson, but he's just as good as running that thing but he just doesn't want to. So he'll sit in there and stay in the pocket all day, get sacked, because that's what he's trying to do. I think with Bill O'Brien, we've got a coach that isn't giving him the opportunity to show everything that he has. You know what I'm saying? We remember him in college. We remember when he played Lamar Jackson. He outshined him. He did exactly what he did, but did it better. I mean, he was on a better team, but, you know, he can run that thing. Both of these guys, I, I think Watson is the better guy, I think. But I think the Ravens have the better team and the better coach that is allowing Jackson to do his thing like he should be able to do. But Watson is one of these guys that we're looking for that can do both of them, at a, uh, that can pass at a very high level and run at a very high level. He just doesn't run. You remember two years ago he was running around, he was running crazy on the league. Got hurt. And they told him to, you know, slow it down a little bit. And I think that he's mentally trying to prove, you know, just trying to stick with what the coach wants to do, who's from the Patriots, who's a guy that, you know, who is going to change it up, who wants the pocket passer. So, you know, you know, Jackson, I mean, uh, Watson is, is running, you know, he probably got four or five rushing TDs. You know, he's got, you know, he's got a whole bunch of long runs. It's just not, it's just not quite the same. 
So I, I would say that he's one of those guys that could do both of them at a pretty high level, one of those super black QBs. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. And uh, let's definitely put some respect on D.Y. Nigga, when my name come up, respect it. Let's go. Stop playing with my fucking name. Uh, surely. Um, you know, it's a little different as far as the dynamic. Um, you know, Lamar's just a little more dynamic. Well, like a lot more dynamic. But nonetheless, man, that's nothing to take away from what the, the Sean Watson is. And um, we're still waiting to see, you know, what, how far he can take the Texans. And believe me, they're, they're riding on his back, that arm, that right arm. And um, we'll see how far the Texans are able to go. That will be solely dependent on how far Deshaun Watson's able to take him. Um, well, I'm glad you're here because there's another topic that went down in the NFL that I'm glad you're here to discuss with me. Uh, this was Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett, um, the infamous hit over the head with the helmet, Miles Garrett tearing the helmet of Mason Rudolph off and hitting the quarterback over the head with the helmet. Now, there's been a lot of talk since. This was a Sunday, uh, Thursday night game, I believe, with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Cleveland Browns. The Browns handily smoke the Steelers. And in the whining moments, I'm talking about the last 10 seconds of the game, you have a little scuffle breakout with Mason Rudolph, the quarter quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Miles Garrett, the defensive lineman for the Cleveland Browns. Um, and what looks like to everybody the next day and all the reaction is that Miles Garrett, the bigger, stronger guy, tears off the poor little quarterback's head, helmet. Uh, the poor little quarterback tries to retaliate. And Miles Garrett, the big, strong, bad man, hits the defenseless, helmetless Mason Rudolph over the head with the helmet. Some were calling it a deadly object. Um, you even had some people talking about potential criminal charges being pressed here. Miles Garrett would later come out to say there was a racial slur said. The big question about all this in the aftermath was who was the instigator in who deserves the most suspension now? Miles Garrett, you know, being the guy that hit another guy over the head with the helmet, is going to take the larger suspension. But the talk since has been, do we believe Miles Garrett when Miles Garrett says that racial that that made it, Mason Rudolph called him a nigger? That's what's being asked right now. Do we believe that Miles Garrett? when Miles Garrett says that Mason Rudolph called him a nigger, and that's what took shit up. Now, there's been a pattern. So we got our boys out here on, on, on the media platforms, you know, our, our, the, the ones that we go to here on the heavy-handed edition. We got our boys, Stephen A., you know, he's the black boys over there at ESPN. Uh, we got guys like Marcellus Wiley and Jason Whitlock, these dudes, and Shannon Sharp over here at Fox Sports. And, uh, you know, and everybody else in between. But when it came to this Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph situation, boy, the cooning, 
and, and, and the, the coon representation for these networks was at an all-time high in my estimation, man, and I don't like that shit. I don't like that shit. For sure, bro. I don't like that shit. So let's just kick the shit off, man. Um, this is your boy Jason Whitlock and, and Marcellus Wiley, and this is the typical um, back and forth you see at these networks, man. The, the good and the evil, the, the conservative versus the, the leftist opinion. But Jason Whitlock, a paid coon, in my estimation, out here on these so out here in the media, a paid coon. Let's give this exchange a listen. Hmm. Are we buying Miles Garrett here that Mason Rudolph provoked this with a racial slur? I certainly am not buying it. Uh, I'm disappointed uh, that Miles Garrett has gone this route. It doesn't surprise me. Uh, there was an ESPN reporter, Josina Anderson, who started this on Twitter the night that it happened, almost instantly, saying, oh, I, I would guarantee that uh, Miles Garrett's going to say that a racial slur was used. And voila, here we are a week later, and Josina Anderson is reporting that Miles Garrett at his deal uh, used a racial slur. Uh, this is the new standard for bad behavior. You do something wrong, you don't own it, you, you play the race card. Uh, Miles Garrett is, is, is a joke to me, and this, this story is a joke to me. I just don't buy it. I'm buying it, and I'm paying all cash, no credit card, uh, no layaway. Um, Josina Anderson and Adam Schefter reported this in case we want to narrow that focus just on Josina and her initial reactions, Adam Schefter as well. Now, the reports makes you look at this situation only two ways. Do you believe Miles Garrett or do you believe what everything else is about this situation outside of what Miles Garrett is implying, what he's actually stating? And I will believe Miles Garrett because... I don't have a reason not to believe Miles Garrett, but I have more than enough reasons to, be, to not believe in Mason Rudolph. Starting with one, yesterday in his scripted six days later press conference that didn't show full contrition, that he actually went out there and, quote, said, I didn't escalate the situation. Oh, my eyes are lying. My eyes deceive me. Two, Watching the film of the exact moment that all of this started, he's never taken full responsibility for any of those actions. But he has certainly allowed himself to take all of the response of his victimhood once he got hit. Now, he was not slammed to the turf. His head hit the turf. Incidentally, How does any of this say he used a racial slur? Huh? How does any of what you're saying say you Because now stuff? none of us has been at the bottom of a pile when this has happened. I have. No, no, no. This. In this situation. Let me say, in this situation, we weren't in the bottom of this pile. Well, but we've not, been in the bottom that, of the pile. Right. right. We've been in but the, we've right. bottom of the pile before. Now, me, I've never been in the bottom of the pile where I heard racial slurs. Wow. But I have been in the bottom of the pile where I, I'm going to be what Mason Rudolph should be. I have hit people in a manhood. Yep. I have grabbed guts and torn and twisted them to a hopefully blood. Yep. I have stepped on fingers, and it was just the third game of the, week, of the year and second down. So in these situations, it's easy to sit up here in this emotional context and say what didn't happen, what did happen. But in that situation, from what I've seen, using Mason Rudolph 
as the narrator versus Miles Garrett as the narrator, my eyes have aligned with more of Miles Garrett's thought process than Mason Rudolph's. Go ahead. Some dirty tactics there. Some dirty tactics. Uh, you know, Whitlock quickly comes out and says, you know, Josina Anderson. You know, Josina Anderson, uh, she reports. But my man Marcellus Wiley said, you know, Josina Anderson reported and Adam Schefter reported. I don't like that. I don't like that shit. For sure, bro. I don't like that shit. You know, so that that's a little insight. And um, there's some part two to it, man. More cooning going, and I'll just, I'm just trying to draw a pattern here. Let's go here first, Willis. Let me say this, too, about Miles Garrett, because, again, I'm, I, when this happened last week, the first thing I did was start trying to just gather information. Who is Miles Garrett? Where did he, blah, blah, blah. Miles Garrett. The, the, he, he's a nerdier dude that's not really part of, doesn't really fit into the stereotypical black thing. And I'm just sorry. That's where this comes from. I'm sick and tired of the Jussie Smollett's, the Colin Kaepernick's, the Miles Garrett's, the guys working out their identity issues right. through racial, through racial race carding and everybody. Oh my God! They, the, the, uh, Mason Rudolph said we're in MAGA country, and I I slammed my helmet on him. I'm not, it, it's I'm garbage. It's BS. We know damn well in the middle of this football game, at the end of this football, an NFL quarterback. Now tell me, if this was some defensive lineman, I would halfway believe it. Halfway believe it. Mm. But a damn quarterback. Uh, if they said he was trying to rip his helmet off, not tug his helmet off. If they yeah. said the quarterback you were was trying to rip his helmet off. You were on much firmer ground that? there. You were on much firmer. But trust me, that's part of the BS too. Well, because you know what? again, we try to justify Every it's damn thing. And what you're this trying to do is slamming the guy everything. over the head you're is unjustified. Hold on, your stereotypes are improperly labeled. So let's say this: doesn't matter what position you play. If you got a racial slur in you, you got a racial slur in you. Two, the same Mason Rudolph who said, "Let the world talk for him," and said, "I didn't escalate this." I got still pictures showing me that. You sure you didn't? First of all, everyone saying that Mason Rudolph was slammed to the turf. Last time I checked, if you were never... Marcellus, this is part of the problem. If, 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 no, no, this because, is part this, of the solution because you're going, to give got... me, you're going to give me an actor who is on his contract year with a show that's going off and say, Justice Smollett is this. This is not the same. This is not analogous. This is a guy who told me he was slammed to the turf, but last time I checked, you're the one on top. Now, this is a guy who at the top left window who says my hand was stuck under the helmet. The this world is in a subruder film what situation. I see? I see a quarterback card. Why, how is that stuck if the quarterback card is out? I get, well, All I'm saying is, Miles Garrett has not said anything to me that I can show in evidence that is a lie. But Mason Rudolph has. So when you ask me, when I don't know, who do I believe? The one who hasn't lied to me just yet. Well, that- Oh, man, a lot here, Willow, man. But the biggest stance that Whitlock has taken that why did it take Miles Garrett a week to say you know, a racial slur was said, and Josina Anderson, quote-unquote, broke the story. And how could a little old quarterback, you know, why would a little old quarterback attempt to rip the helmet off a big old strong lineman's head? Well, go ahead and jump in here, man. Any thoughts? Man, I hate to be on the side of Kuhnlock, Mm -hmm. but we both know. I mean, I'm out here in Texas. 
and I know that, you know, when somebody calls you a racial slur, you're going to get it to them. But first thing you're going to say is he called me nigga. That's the first thing you're going to say. We get in the, mm-hmm. we go to the, uh, you know, I'm out here at Prairie View, um, all the uh, historical black college. We're out here in the country. We have uh, every Thursday at the country, the little country club, they had 25 cent you call it. So pretty much every Thursday we were out there and we were fighting cowboys, right? And when the cops came, guess what? The first thing we said, they called us niggas. That's the first thing you're going to say. You're going to justify it. They call me niggas now. Another reason, when did he call him nigga? Was it when he was down on the ground? Or when did yeah. he say he called him? Because he said he called him that in, uh, when he was down on the ground. So why he didn't hit him then? Like, it didn't – I'm not buying it. I, under, you know, I just can't buy it. Now, I do understand where uh, Wiley's coming from, who, you know, I also think be cooning every now and then. But I see where he's coming from that, you know, Rudolph should have, I think Rudolph should have been suspended also because he was escalating. He tried to rip my man's helmet off. He came back for more. Um, but the first thing you're going to say is he called me nigga or he punched me. You're going to give something like, you know, that's the first thing I'm going to say. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe, let's, let's be honest, dog. And, and, and now, now I'm not going to speak for every black person, but that's nothing I want to ever use as an excuse for something. I, I think we're more, we're far more less likely to say that's the circumstance because we hate for that to be the circumstance. We rather believe there's a world where we are treated fairly and it's just because of character or we're not good enough for something if it's a job pertaining to or something like that. I don't believe that black people just go around and be like, yeah, he's called me a nigger as well. I did everything. I don't believe that black people use that at their disposal as like a race card to 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 get out of things with. I, I don't know that to be no, true. Well, I'm not saying. I mean, if it happened, that's the first. That's I'm gonna tell the truth on why on why I, I don't need to be going to jail because he's the one that incited it by calling me a nigger. If it's the mm-hmm. truth, I'm going to tell the NFL this off the bat so they won't mm-hmm. try to give me six games and I lose millions and millions of dollars. You know, mm-hmm. there's, you know, I think if, if it's the truth, you know, I think he played it. I think he's tried to figure out what's the best way to do it. And he said, hey, he called. I don't I don't remember if I don't remember if they said that it, they, he actually said that I, I, it was just derogatory term or something like that. You know, I think if somebody calls you that, and that's the reason that you went crazy out there, you you say that earlier. I think I would. You know, if well, it's the see, truth. Now, that, that's that's the entire stance. That's the entire stance. Now, the more enraged person, and the whole. Now, we don't have the um, the freedom of having the the visual here, but if we think back to it. Um, the, the quarterback, Mason Rudolph, he tried to take off Miles, Garrett, Miles Garrett's helmet first. That's a fact. Fact. Um, uh, Miles Garrett then gets up and says, okay, you're taking off helmets? I'll snatch yours off. Then he snatches his off. That's a fact. So it's retaliation fact. at that point. So I don't think you can grade somebody for the disproportionate retaliation because I did the job better than you. That's actually the name of the game. You try to 
shoot me, that means I get to try to shoot you. You punch me, that means I'm free to punch you. Now, it's not my fault that I do it better because now you've started, which is the name of the game. Um, then after Miles Garrett takes off the guy's helmet, Miles Garrett walks away calmly. And the two, and the, and the, and the two linemen from, from Pittsburgh. Which are black are linemen. They're just kind of One behind of them black. They're, they're not right. really doing nothing. It's, it seems pretty much resolved. And then here comes crazy Mason Rudolph, enraged. And he's going for the kill again and reaching and doing all the shit. And my man turns around like, oh, you back again? Ta-da. You know? So, so when was he supposedly calling them? And when did he say... When did he use the racial slur? That's the thing. Now, he said he used the racial, racial slur. slur. That's why he hit him in the head. But he wouldn't. It was have, there was two black line in there. It was used well, when that they makes were no open. sense. Why? So you because ripped his helmet off. No, because then you ripped your helmet off because he called you a nigger. I ripped his helmet off because I hit him because he came back for more. So he's lying. I mean, then, okay, if you get enraged... You know, you do the crazy stuff when he calls you a nigga. You don't do the crazy stuff when he just comes back for more. You know what I I'm mean, saying? It's, like that's it just, not a real it, stance, it, though. It's what you expect him to do. Now, because this man doesn't act expectedly, that doesn't mean he's wrong. You know, <laughs> it, the, the, it just don't. It just don't make no sense. Like he's saying, I. He, the know, reason he got in trouble is because he hit the man in the head with the helmet. That's yes. the reason he got in trouble, not because, because he ripped the man off his tried helmet. to attack him again. Right, so that's what he should have said. Not trying to say he used the n word. That's why I hit him with the helmet. Oh, okay. You hit him with the helmet. You know what I'm saying? He, well, he hit him with the helmet did. because he came. He ran up on him again. Well, he ran up on me. I hit him with the helmet. If, that, if that's a clarification that needs to be made, whether because I don't think the point is the reason he hit him with the helmet or not can be pacified. Him hitting him with the helmet cannot be pacified. However, I think it's a separate conversation of what instigated all of this. Miles um, Garrett should not have hit him with, the, in the head, with that helmet regardless of what was said. You can't pacify that action. However, that doesn't mean you get to dismiss all the other shit that the guy did. Okay? So if using uh, inconsistency in saying, well, you said this is what made you do it or this, that, or the other, and you didn't act expectedly, I think that's two separate conversations because Miles Garrett should be punished for something that could have potentially been seen on TV with this man's head cracked open. So you deserve, that deserves a, a, a stern swoop in from the NFL to say we can't allow that to happen anymore, people potentially using deadly weapons on players. But that doesn't um, dismiss the accountability that Mason Rudolph has in this instance. So let's get a little little info. Let's talk about that a little bit, man. And, and all the time, and, and, and it's a topic of Kuhn and kind of, but all the time, my man Max Oh, Max, uh, with Max and Stephen A on first takes. He's always like the more real nigga in the thing, man. It's a shame. 
my nigga. <laughs> it's a shame that Max is always the one coming off as as more of the real nigga between the two. But let, let's listen to this exchange, and I think it speaks more to what I'm talking about. Max, what's your reaction to what went down on the field? Well, obviously there needs to be a suspension because Mason Rudolph needs to be suspended at least a game. Let's start with that. He was the one who started the fight, tried to take Miles Garrett's helmet off. I mean, he tried to, got underneath, tried to twist it off. Then Garrett's like, oh, okay, that's what we're doing. Okay, I'm going to take your helmet off. Then as Miles Garrett's being restrained by two of Mason Rudolph's teammates, Mason Rudolph, without his helmet, charges Miles Garrett. Mm -hmm. So Miles Garrett, as he said, foolishly, Swung with his helmet. By the way, it's in the rules. You know what happens if you swing with your helmet? Article 17 uses helmet as a weapon. A player may not use a helmet that is no longer worn by anyone as a weapon to strike, swing, or throw at an opponent. So what's the penalty for that, right? It's already in the rules. Um, Ill- Ill- illegal use of helmet as a weapon, loss of 15 yards, and automatic disqualification. So 15 yards, and Miles Garrett should be disqualified from the game. And I would also say, when you look at swinging at a guy's head with, you know, unprotected head with a helmet, a two to a four game penalty, I would understand. There has been a totally hysterical reaction to this. And I think part of it's because the culture of, like, let me just take this in, out of, um, it, put it into absolute terms, right? In terms of the danger, which has been overstated, what just happened and everything. In baseball, guy throws in another guy 100 miles an hour in the head. You know what? He gets a warning from the ump. In hockey, you swing at a guy's head with a stick. You might get a, a 25-game suspension. It's possible. In other words, like a quarter of the season, a third of the season, the equivalent of two, four, six games, something like that in a football suspension. But people talking about Miles Garrett, rest of the season, kick him out of the league, send him to jail. Calm down. In a fight, if one person escalates and, and the other person retaliates, even if the retaliation is considered disproportional, we don't just look at the disproportional retaliation. Mason Rudolph was at the end of a game in which he stunk, four interceptions. The other team's about to win. The defensive end's on top of him. He's clearly frustrated. He tries to pull the helmet off. He gets retaliated in kind. While the other guy's being restrained, he charges him, and he gets swung at. Miles Garrett's right. It's foolish. He shouldn't have swung with the helmet. Everyone calm down. Miles Garrett, two. You want to argue four games? Fine. Mason Rudolph, at least a game. Done. Your position was asinine from the moment you said Mason Rudolph is the focus because he instigated it. That was asinine in and of itself. To sit up there and talk about on a day like today, this morning, that the first thought that comes to your mind is that the quarterback who is under the 260-pound defensive lineman that just slammed him to the ground because he tried to take off his helmet, I think that's utterly ridiculous. Now let me get to Miles Garrett. I'm not saying Mason Rudolph doesn't deserve to be suspended because he does. What I'm saying to you is this. Miles Garrett is the focal point here. He deserves to be suspended for the rest of the season. He can't be seen again this season, and I predict he won't be. Knowing Troy Vincent the way that I do, covering him from his days in Philadelphia, knowing how principled of a man that he is and the way he takes things like this in terms of the imagery, the optics, the fact that it was on national television, the fact that you sat up there and it was the quarterback, no less, and you swung the helmet so violently at him the way that you did. And, oh, by the way, you connected Okay, considering what could have happened if that crown of that helmet had connected with Mason Rudolph and what that could have led to, there is no question that he deserves to be suspended for the rest of the season. As a matter of fact, let me be state clearly for the record. 
I think Miles Garrett will be lucky if he doesn't get suspended for 14 games. I think he'll be lucky if he doesn't get suspended for the final six games of this regular season and the first eight games of the next season. Now, that might be a bit too excessive. Well, you see the Stephen A. there. You see the difference between Stephen A. and Max. Now, Willa, what do you, what do you think, man? I, I think 14 games and all that is excessive, man. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, Stephen A.'s at it again. You know, he's going to take – He's going to take it to the extreme every time, you know, 14 games. That's crazy. When I first saw him swing the helmet, I thought, you know, he's probably going to get four to six, you know, and they, they got, they got him with the six, which is, I think is, it's reasonable. Well, they, they said six plus, you know, uh, if they play in the playoffs, he, he's not, he can't play in the playoffs. And also they, they haven't said that that's the maximum. I think, you know, six games, that's, that's a lot, but I think that's firm but fair. Six games. Being out the league, that's crazy. Getting suspended more than uh more than just this year, I think is crazy. And I agree with Max. Uh, Mason Rudolph should have been suspended. He tried to take the man's helmet off, you know, he's the one that sort of instigated the whole thing. If he doesn't do that, nothing happens, you know, and especially in this day and age of the replay where they go back and they look at, you know, situations like that. You know, back in the days, you know, they always say the second man gets caught. You know, you throw a punch, the other guy throws a punch, he's out of there. They didn't go back and check the tape. When you could check the tape, which they could do these days, they should have, you know, he should have got suspended for, you know, instigating trying to take the man's helmet off. I do believe in that. But, you know, uh, Garrett should probably, uh, uh, whatever his name is, should probably get six games max. And I think that's what he got. Hopefully, you know, he's not suspended any time for the rest of the season. Um, the Browns more than likely not making the playoffs, so he doesn't have to worry about that. You know, I hate to see a choice like this, you know, ruin ruin all his money like that. But like you said, you can't swing a helmet out there. You can't do anything like that. It looks crazy. It makes you look crazy. It makes football look crazy. So they had to set an example up. Send the example. So hopefully it's the six games. Stephen A. talking about more games next season. It's crazy. Uh, but, you know, that's just uh, what you say, uh, screaming A, the coon, the grandmaster coon. So, you know, it is what it is. Man. I used to fuck with Stephen A. Hard body, man, hard body. But um, let's blow through some of these divisions real quick, man. AFC East, New England on their usual freaking cakewalk. At ten to one, but they fell to the Ravens. But they got a little company, I think, in the NFC East with Buffalo, who just picked up that big Thanksgiving win over Dallas. So we'll see. Um, New England ten to one, tops of the AFC East, AFC North. Baltimore nine and two, of course. Shouldn't be much competition there with the Steelers at six to five. Uh, AFC South. Um, Ah, seven to four of the Houston Texans, man. I feel like they should be a little doing a little better than that. But um, I don't know. Well, what do you think? Is Houston at seven to four? What, what do we feel like going down the stretch here? It looks like they're going to win the division. They should. And um, do we expect them to be competitive? Man, uh, DBs. The secondary is trash. Uh, defense is trash. Uh, o line is is. It's not trash, but, you know, scraps damn near. You know, I'm not looking for us to do anything too serious. 
you know, we've got we've got quarterbacks, we got receivers, we got running backs. Line is just line is decent, but the um, you know, we've got Jonathan Joseph as our main main uh, cornerback out there at 35, 36 years old. He's damn near our age out there running around. They're just giving boys 15 yards cushion because we so slow. Um, you know, JJ Watt got paid all that money. He's out of there. We got rid of uh, Clowney. The only thing we got is two linebackers that are that are all right. Um, McKinney and uh, forgot and, and whatever my, forgot what my boy's name. Merciless. But, uh, Merciless is garbage. Merciless ain't done nothing. Merciless. Well, since JJ Watts has been out there, Merciless Merciless was wrecking the first couple of games of the season where he was getting them strip strip sacks. Everything was looking good. Um, he ain't done nothing since then. I wouldn't say he's garbage, but he needs another. He's a guy that's got to have somebody else take. He can't be the main guy. So with no J.J. out there, he's the main guy. He can't do anything. So um, I'm just talking about our interior linebackers. Our interior linebackers are pretty good. Uh, but that's it, man. So will we win the division? We got uh, we got lucky and beat up uh, and beat the Colts. Uh, the Colts, I think, are a game back. Um, it's going to be tough down there. But I think we should – we'll probably get – win the division, have to play the wild card team, um, and probably lose that first round, man. That's just how it goes. We got poor coaching, poor GMs, and, every and uh, you know, everybody got hurt. You know, so we ain't looking too good this year. I don't yeah. think in the playoffs. Yeah, some high hopes coming into the season for Houston and uh, injury combination and some other things. Just hasn't panned out. Another team that hasn't panned out in the AFC West. High hopes coming in. Higher hopes than probably any other team in the NFL, I'd say. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, seven to four. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. I don't. I think he's out at this point. And guess what? That all does. It leaves light for my Oakland Raiders at six and five, surprisingly, and playing better than I and anyone else expect expected. Man, you know. No one else, myself included. John Gruden. Now, I'm going to do this prematurely, Will. I'm going to do this prematurely. John Nigga, when my name come up, respect it. Let's go. Stop playing with my fucking name. Is that premature to put some respect on John Gruden's name? Uh, Yeah, definitely. And I don't think Mahomes is out. Did Mahomes get hurt last game? Okay, but I know you guys have heard. I haven't been keeping up with him too good. But yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah, he come back. Uh, you know, they don't have no running game, but, you know, he's out there doing his thing. I think they lost. I'm trying to see if I can pull up their record, who they've been playing. But, of course, this thing is messing up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's yeah he's been playing. Mahomes is out here playing. He's doing his thing. And I think they're playing tomorrow, uh, the Raiders, right? So we'll we'll get to see if they jump up two games or not. Okay, okay, for sure, for sure. Because uh, man, let me look at these matches. Yeah, they play them tomorrow. Yeah, oh, they sure play them tomorrow. Sure the Chiefs do. play the Raiders. Ooh wee! Yeah. That's a one o'clock game, one one twenty-five. So yeah, that's gonna be good, man. Um, I, I I think we can take them, man. We're a scrappy little bunch. It seems like they believe over there in Oakland, and um, you know. I, I I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. But um, the AFC, um, surely the tops in the AFC is Baltimore right now. 
You got New England, who you can never count out. Aside from that, I think a dark horse might be Buffalo. And then the Raiders. Because I don't think Kansas City has nearly enough for anybody to talk about. So right now, if you ask me, old, old, old Raiders might be the fourth best team in the AFC. Um, moving on. Everybody's favorite division, the NFC East, the Cowboys. Uh, man, another one of those teams that had a lot of expectations coming into this thing and just have not panned out. You know, Stephen A., he's, a, he, he, he's been doing a lot of clowning. Um, freaking the Cowboys lost in front of everybody on Thanksgiving at home to the Buffalo Bills. And Buffalo pretty much smoked them out. You know, and right now, people are saying it might be smoke and mirrors with those Cowboys. You know, is it smoke and mirrors? Is, it, is Zeke? Is Amari? Is Dak? Are, 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 they, are they real or are they fake? Just when we thought they were real, you know, just when we thought they were real, it seems they might be fake again. But, man, let, let, let's have some fun with it, though. Stephen A. been clowning. And uh, I think Stephen A. been right the whole time. He's been right for years now. Back when Skip was over there at ESPN, he said there a disaster waiting to happen. Let's listen. How do? How do? How y'all doing out there, you cowboy fans everywhere? I know last night was difficult for you. I get it. I get it. You're not going to have an undefeated season after all. I reckon this is a real miserable day for you. But I got some news for you. There's still hope. There's still hope. You're still ahead in the NFC East. You're not going to be perfect, okay? But that doesn't mean you're not going to have a winning season. Guess what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> the Cowboys lost, all right? That's the sign of things to come. I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you. Let me lasso you in on it. Right on up in here. I hope you'll be all right as the season But in case you don't, there's always first take waiting for you. <laughs> How about them cowboys? You know we love Stephen A, but we hate him at the same off the weed. We love this nigga over here, but we hate him over here, man. Ah, uh, Willa, you in Texas, man? I, I have to believe. And let me tell you one thing I love to do, Willa. And maybe I'm weird for this because I'm, I'm somewhat of a weirdo. Um, when Cowboys lose, I, I hit YouTube and I go for Cowboy fan reaction. And I didn't know. Now I'm, I'm a Cali born and bred. I ain't never lived nowhere outside of Cali. But boy, oh boy. Now, the best thing we have compared to what a Cowboy fan is, is maybe what a Laker fan is. But I don't think it even comes close to how Cowboy fans take Cowboy losses. And we see a, a, a big-time reflection of it on TV with Skip Bayless throwing jerseys in the trash and doing all the shit he do. But, uh, man, what is it like down there in Dallas 
dealing with them Cowboys, if you could shed some light on that for us who aren't privy to that. Yeah, man, it's a cold out there. Now, as a Houston guy, as a Texas guy, I like the Cowboys. You know, I want to see them win. They got a black quarterback. I want to see them win. They had Deion Sanders. They had Emmitt Smith, Michael Irvin. I always wanted to see them win. But I hate Dallas Cowboy fans. So it's 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 bittersweet, all, you know, out there. You know, all they do is talk about how they're America's team and how, you know, how they won back in the day when I was, uh, you know, nine years old, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Um <laughs> You know, it's 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 crazy. So it's bittersweet. So I, when I'm at my house by myself, I'm rooting for Dak Prescott to win. When it's me, and, and same way with my dad. When it's me and my dad watching the game, we're rooting to see Dallas win. But when we're outside and there's Dallas Cowboy fans around, oh yeah, I want to see him get wrecked. I love turning it on and seeing, uh, you know, Skip Bayless scream and uh, you know Shannon Sharp, uh, you know, throw them slugs at him. Um, I love that. So it's a love-hate relationship that I have with the Cowboys. I'm a fan of the Cowboys. I want to see them win. They are Texas. They do, you know, they do have a brother at the helm, which I always love. But their fans are the worst. Wow, man, yeah. Cowboys only won since 95, man. <laughs> Cowboys ain't won since 95. But goddamn, man, I'm telling you. If you want to get your laugh in, if you if you want to just trip on, on, on some real fandom, and they got some real fans, just jump into YouTube and put Cowboy fan reaction in after the Cowboys lose. Boy, oh boy, you 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 gonna see some dudes die, doing some deep dive. I'm talking about some smart fans. They know what they're talking about. They know what they're watching. And uh, one of the definite things they're talking about is Jason Garrett being fired. That's the biggest conversation in this whole thing. Jason Garrett needs to be fired. But apparently, him and Jerry Jones, they best pals. And Jerry's like, I don't give a fuck. He's not going to fire him. He ain't firing Jason, at least until this season's over. Now, all the Cowboy fans, Skip Bayless, you know, being one of the leading crusaders of that voice, Everybody's over Jason Garrett. You know, Jason Garrett should have been gone yesterday. Um, you got Ezekiel Elliott getting paid, getting his checky check. Now, I'm always in, in, in favor of players getting that checky check. I'm, 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 I'm player friendly, but uh, you can definitely say he's underperformed. He ain't quite looking like that same old Zeke who hit that hole the same way. Um, you got it, uh, Jason Witten getting all the damn snaps out the blue, coming straight out the booth and somehow getting all the snaps. You got my man Amari Cooper, who I want to see win, you know, and they always take Amari soft, and I, and I don't want to ever, you know, concede to Amari being soft. I want Amari to win, but, you know, he – the Patriots and Gilmore and them, they came out there and, and, and they shut him down. They had him looking like he's soft. And, you know, I, I hated to have to admit it, but I have to admit it. You know? I say, no! Oh, shit! Say it again! Say something else! Oh! Say something else! Say something else, nigga! 
hated to have to concede to the shit. But um, most most importantly, you got the big dog coming down. The big dog is coming down. Team looking fucking, you know, offensive looking regular, defense looking regular. Whoa, 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 regular, regular, regular. Everybody looking regular. Jerry Jones coming down and saying, you know, this is some bullshit. You know, and shit gonna have to change. I done spent too much dough out this motherfucker for us to be six and six and arguably still can lose the division to the Philadelphia Eagles. Hopes and expectations are low. Very low. Um, I don't think anyone has high expectations for what the Cowboys can be this season. Willa, any thoughts on it, bro? No, man. They're lucky they're in the, the worst division in the league. I thought our division is pretty bad, but, uh, you know, I'm looking at theirs. Theirs is pretty bad also. Um, yeah, man, they're going to be one and done. They'll get in there, have to play a wild card team, which would be like the Packers or Seattle, and they'll be out of there, one and done. I, I think they'll probably still win the division because the Phil- Philly is pretty weak. Um, you know, so they're not firing. You don't fire a coach when you're about to get into the playoffs, so – you know, they'll get in the playoffs. They'll be one and done. Both Texas teams looking weak, one and done after the wild card, uh, wild card uh, series. That's interesting. Well, I don't know, man. We'll see if Dak gets his money. You know, I think Dak has had a good season, but, you know, that offensive line is looking like it's coming up short and it's just not looking good. So we'll we'll have to see how this whole thing plays out. But the Cowboys, NFC East, uh, still tied for tops in the division. Um, still tops in the division at six and six. Green Bay, overrated, eight and three. I think Minnesota's the better team at eight and three. Well, uh, what you think about um, Green Bay, man? Is that makeup on a pig? Is that smoke and mirrors? Who's better, Minnesota or Green Bay? Well. It's hard to say. I've got, you know, the fantasy as on my fantasy team, my quarterback is Aaron Rodgers, and he's been stinking it up. I'm talking about stinking it up 100%. But um, Kirk Cousins is also an accident waiting to happen. He's also trash can juice when it comes to big time making it, making plays when it counts. Um, so, I mean, both of these teams I think are sort of – Sort of, you know, a little overrated, but Minnesota does have that run game. They got that uh, that bad man Cook out there uh, running that rock, so I think they're probably a little better. Um, but if I had to, in a playoff game, I would go, you know, even though Rodgers is sticking it up, you know, this is still a QB league. When you get into the playoffs, you really ain't going to be able to run that thing like that, you know, so I think Green Bay is probably the better team probably has a better chance in the playoffs. Both the teams are probably going to make it to the playoffs. One's going to win, the other one will be in the wild card. But I think in the playoffs, the team who has a better chance of winning would be uh, Green Bay, um, just because of Aaron Rodgers and his pedigree of quarterback. But both of them can probably, well, one of them is going to, one of them might play the Dallas Cowboys, so they should, they might be able to beat the Dallas Cowboys. But besides that, you know, both of those teams, they're not really that good, I don't think. 
I'm tired of y'all, man, hating on Kirk. I've been a Kirk fan, and, and Kirk has had a great season this year, you know. And Kirk's gotten some bad rap, and I don't like it. I don't like the shit. And, you know, ah, hey, no! Oh, shit! Say it again. Say something else. Oh! Say something else. Say something else, nigga. Kirk has done mighty fine, and um, I think a dark horse, a definite dark horse in the NFL, uh, eight and three. And um, when they get all those systems firing, they're they're going to be a tough team to beat. And I think they're definitely better than Green Bay uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Offense, they're they're as good as anyone. Uh, NFC South at ten to two, we got the New Orleans Saints, man. Um, you know, everything looks to be the same down there in New Orleans. Ten and two, another team that's kind of flying under the radar. Uh, Michael Thomas having a, a standout NFL uh, MVP type season, but at ten and two, you know, under the radar, still yet to have a bye week, and uh, pretty much has clinched the division at this point. Looking good. New Orleans Saints ten and two. Nobody else really to talk about in that division. The, the Atlanta Falcons are underwhelming. Jameis Winston and the Buccaneers are underwhelming. Um, NFC West, uh, we got a big, the bad boy, the, the 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 hottest, trendiest team this season, the San Francisco 49ers at 10-1. and one. And then we got the Seahawks with NFL candidate Russell Westbrook at 9-2. Those guys are going to duke it out in that division. Um, the NFC is a tough division. Um, the cream will rise to the top here. We've got a lot of good teams in the NFC. So, um, But one thing we'll definitely learn about the 49ers tomorrow, are they real or fake? That's going to be a uh, – could potentially be a Super Bowl preview we have versus the Ravens tomorrow and the 49ers. So, Willa, who do you like in the NFC, man? we got the, the 49ers, the Seahawks, the, the Saints, the, the, the Vikings, the Packers. Who, who do you like? Man, um, I don't know, man. It's In the NFC, I would probably – I'm a Seahawks guy, man. You know, I roll with Wilson. I, I like what Wilson's doing. You know, I can see the Saints maybe doing that thing, but their defense is sort of – you know, their defense ain't the real deal. And, and Drew Brees, his arm ain't really what it used to be. So, you know, even though the Se- the Seahawks are probably going to have to be a wild card unless, uh, well, they do play the 49ers again at the end of the year. So maybe if the Ravens can, Ravens get the win tomorrow, then the Seahawks, they'll be, uh, they won't be a wild card team. Uh, yeah, I'm going to probably ride with the Seahawks. You know, I'm going to say Seahawks and Ravens at this time, at this point in time. Mm. Love to see it. Love to see it, man. Uh, we could we could be on track for an all black Super Bowl. Um, that would definitely be a change into the guard. Uh, NFC West rounding out the bottom of the division. The Rams underwhelming, and Kyler Murray in the in the, in the Arizona Cardinals uh, in close in a lot of games and just fighting along the way. Kyler Murray having a good rookie season. You ask me though. Um, yeah, and that'll do it, man. That'll do it. I think we ran through. Some of the bigger topics in the NFL, we recapped the NFL through 12 weeks, um, and we'll get it in before the playoffs start. So, uh, 
before we wrap it up, Willa, man, what we got on deck, man? Um, as y'all know, me and Willa do the Outsiders Boxing Podcast. Y'all can catch us tomorrow morning at some point when our host, R.C., decides to resurrect from his Saturday night encounter with death seemingly every weekend. <laughs> so, so, Willa, what's it going to look like? What's the schedule? Man, who knows, man? You know, R.C. is a, a avid 49ers fan, so I don't look to be hearing from him. Uh, he, he's going to text us when the game starts, you know. Um, so we'll see. Wasn't too much going on in boxing this weekend anyway. We had uh, Oscar Valdez. I was just watching that fight before I called you. It wasn't really nothing going on. Carl Franklin and Oscar Valdez fought some bums. So that was pretty much it, man. So we might be able to just keep – might not do nothing tomorrow. Come back on Wednesday because we got that Joshua. I mean, yeah, that, we got that Ruiz Joshua too next Saturday. Uh, what is the battle at the Dunes coming out there from Saudi Arabia, man? So we might just catch up again on Wednesday, talk about what's been going on in boxing. Uh, you know, y'all check it out that Outsiders Boxing Podcast, man. Um, I know we got that that uh, Harrison and Charlo coming up soon. We got the Joshua Ruiz, of course. We got some talks of did did the Wilder and uh, Ruiz do X amount of numbers on pay per view, and is the pay per view pay per view format in whole a dead a, a dinosaur at this point? And, and I think that definitely deserves some conversation. And I do think the pay-per-view format is an absolute dinosaur at this point. So, man, maybe those are some things we can get to. Well, I want to thank you for stopping by as usual, man. Been a been a been a blast. Ain't had you on in a while. Appreciate you stopping in, man. And uh, until the next time, uh, it's been a heavy-handed edition. We out of here, y'all.